Let's talk about Mile High Shooting. If you go to milehighshooting.com and order online right now, anything you get is 5% off. Just sign up, click the button, and you're done. Go to the website, and you're going to see right off the bat Zeiss LRP S5. I've been playing with my S5, and I like it. And I also like the S3. They are kicking ass. We're going to be talking about those guys soon. But other things they carry... Well, they only carry good stuff. So they've got AI rifles, AI mags, AI barrels, AI accessories, spur mounts, spur rings. They've got really right stuff, Lapua, Night Force. You can get an ATX outfitted the way that you want it to. And then they've got boatloads of ammunition. They've got boatloads of bullets and powders, as well as every other thing that you could possibly imagine for long-range shooting. I think that they are the ultimate one-stop shop for anybody that listens to this podcast. So hit them up, tell them that the Straight Dope sent you, and you won't be disappointed. They're my local gun shop. They support matches. They support shooters. They're good people, and they can ship all over the country. So whatever it is that you need, they can provide it. Check them out. Get back to the range. Um, so the idea came from multiple listeners through multiple channels and they kind of converged all together and I thought oh man like we're we're really a good pair to start talking about this and and so like rather than give what we do away or rather than try to speak for other instructors which we can't do um, I want to flip this around And I want to cover the topic of how do you prepare as an individual signing up for a signing up for a class or signing up for training. How do you prepare yourself so that when you come to the class, you're a prepared to learn, but B, you know that it's the appropriate class for you. And so the question came, um, I don't know how to kind of converge all the comments, but you know, one of them said, you know, I'm not sure if I'm at the level for this class. You know, what are some skills that I need? Another one was I just took a class, but um, a few students took all of the time from the instructors because they weren't up to speed and therefore I didn't get what I wanted out of it. I've, I've personally seen that before. And so those two kind of play some things. I'm not sure if I'm ready for this class. Should I sign up anyway? And I signed up for a class. And a few students capitalized all of the instructor's time because they weren't prepared and their equipment wasn't ready and they weren't prepared to do this. So I thought, wow, that's pretty interesting because we can cover it from a few different angles. The problem with um, speaking about a course is we don't want to give away like how we manage that stuff necessarily. And we can't speak for other instructors and how they do stuff and run stuff, but it's a common theme that I'm sure everybody's kind of run up against the flip side to that. You know, right. You could say like, well, it's on the instructors to make sure that they manage expectations ahead of time. So on and so forth. But the other, the other side is, you know, how do you, know, people largely overestimate their abilities, it, you know, I mean, regardless of the discipline or the subject that we're talking about, people have a tendency to think that they're better than they are. And whatever they're doing and so they'll sign up for things like oh i'm ready for an advanced class and 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 so let's let's just cover it from like what what can you do 
you know, like, let's say, you know, you're signing up for a class. Let's say I'm signing up for a class. Like, you know, let's say I'm going to spend a thousand dollars to go to a class plus travel, plus food, plus lodging, plus whatever. How do I make sure that I'm not going to be that guy and I'm ready to not only, you know, perform at the level that's expected, but absorb what I can from the instructors given a limited amount of time that I may actually receive from them. Um, what, you know, now that I've kind of just vomited the topic at you, what are the first things that come to mind? Oh, the first thing is to, you know, one, when you're looking at a, a training, you know, number, number one, I, I think that you should be looking at uh, the instructors first and foremost. Okay. So if I'm, you know, wanting to learn more about competitive shooting and I'm, I'm say, let, let's use PRS, for example, like I'm, I'm trying to get better in, in the PRS and, you know, Joe has a class for, you know, PRS one. Well, I want to do some digging into that instructor, um, first and foremost, because I, I want to make sure has that instructor actually done what he's teaching has, has, does he have a history? You know, can you, can you call people and ask about a certain individual and, you know, find out if they're worth their salt, so to speak, because, um, there are a ton of classes, right? There's a ton of training out there. And it seems like every year there's more and more people that are doing this. Um, and what's interesting is I continue to see more long rifle training stuff and precision rifle. But then when I dig into the people, I have no idea who they are. I, I've, I've never seen them in the competitive scene, or if they have been in the competitive scene, it's been very short. And so, um, you know, vet your instructor and make sure that the person that you're going to go and take a class from is actually proficient um, and has a proven record of being able to do what he's teaching you to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've kind of harped on kind of the reciprocal of that, which is what individuals have they produced that have been at the level of results that you're looking for to get because because it's, you know not only can you because you know, some people just don't like that stuff like i've competed at, at precision rifle competitions prs and nrl i think my best prs was like fifth place i've won nrl matches but but that that style is not my favorite so i don't i don't do it as much as a field match. but but i think that if i was shopping for a class rather than saying like yeah i mean like you and i can both say we've performed well and precision rifle matches, right? You know, I want a Guardian, I want an NRL, I've got this place at the finale. Like, great. But it's, it's not my passion. And so if somebody says, well, you know, this person has done 50, 50 PRS matches and this person's only done five, I would say, how many of their students have gone on to show growth? Like, that, that's what I'm personally interested in is, you know, well, let's just take the Guardian, for example, for you and I. We're going to have, you know, 20 guys and girls. I say guys, just, you know, the, the royal guys, I guess. Uh, you know, the 20 people are going to come to us, and largely they don't have any experience at all. So, you know, they're starting at ground zero. How high can we get them in a day's worth of training? You know, how much enthusiasm and understanding of, 
what they're going to need to do in the future are they going to get that kind of growth to me is really important so if i was looking at an instructor you know joe blow somewhere how, how many of his students have gone on to win what i'm going to go do or had success in versus how many other students have they had that had no results i think you know that yeah, that type of due diligence, I think, is important. And and by the way, that was totally not the expected answer I was expecting uh, from you off the bat. So I, I appreciate that. All right. So so what else? Like, what can somebody do? Like, they're going to come. I'm not necessarily speaking to the folks coming to Guardian because they might be going to Cabela's and bringing a box rifle, not even assembled to the to the match, and we're going to have to kind of get them spun up. But let's say you're signing up for a match, like. You know, that basically just says, like, if you come to this class, like, you should be able to have a zeroed rifle and understand how to use it before we get started. And they show up and they have a rifle that they don't understand how to use. Um, you know, I guess I guess I've kind of gone off on one of the things that people have pointed out uh, in the comments. But, but, but like, how can you as an individual prepare yourself so you're not you're not necessarily that person? Um, n- number one is. I, I would make an honest evaluation of where I'm at as a shooter um, because, you know, I, I still go to classes. I, I still take classes. And when I do so, I, I really harp on, and something that I'm super critical of myself is, you know, where am I realistically at right now? You know, and if you've been in this for a little while, you know, there's times where you're, you're hot shit and you're on it. And then there's other times where you're lacking. And so you can start to see those weaknesses. Um, but, but really making that honest evaluation, um, will allow you to kind of go outside of, you know, what you think you already know, what you think you really have dialed in and, just be open to, okay, is, is there a better way? Is it possible that I think my fundamentals are super strong or I think X is super strong, but have I been able to prove that, you know, in the field time and time again? So I think that's really important. And I I say that not just as a student, uh, but also as an instructor, that I see that a lot in classes and to address, you know, those comments that you got about guys that aren't ready. And so you've got people hogging time when everybody else has their shit together. Um, you know, I, I I see that a lot. And what it comes down to is usually those really difficult people to deal with are the ones that think that they have everything figured out and that they're ready when they're not. And so, you know, I would say, did that person make an honest evaluation without ego of where they were at? No. Um, you know, and another thing too, before you're coming into a training, are you there to teach the freaking class or are you there to take the class? Like what, what are you there to do? And as an instructor, I see it a lot of people that, you know, they'll, they'll pipe up and, and almost as if they're wanting to teach the class. It's like, okay, well, if you're here, you're here to learn, not teach. Um, so, you know, really being open, you know, we, we had this saying back when I lived in LA, there's, there's five ways to the five freeway and there's, there's multiple ways to get to a desired outcome. And while there may be better ways, faster ways, more efficient ways, more enjoyable ways, um, none of us have this figured out perfectly and, we can always learn something new. So I would encourage people to say, okay, well, if you have a really solid process for X or you have solid processes, 
you know, let that stuff go for the class, you know, kind of come into the class tabula rasa, blank slate, and, and just see, you know, you may get some really awesome stuff. And I'll give you a quick example, and then we'll get back to where you're going with this. Um, just about once a year, I will go back to my home range, and I will take Precision Rifle 1. And, you know, a lot of the guys will look at me and see my gear and be like, what are you doing here? And it, it just goes to show that, you know, every single time I take that class, you know, no matter if I'm winning matches, if I'm just slaying, um, it doesn't matter. I go back to that fundamentals and guess what, dude, I always find several things that I need to shape up on. So, you know, to contrast that, if I were to go into PR one and then trying to fight the instructor the whole time, one, I'm not learning anything about myself. And two, I'm robbing everyone else around me of the ability to be able to learn something. Mm -hmm. I like that. I, I wasn't, I'm going to just kind of like piggyback off your idea because it just stimulated some thought. But first of all, I don't think there's anybody out there who couldn't benefit from just the introductory class no matter how good they are, because if they're open, they're going to absorb and learn something. And you're right. You do see those guys that are like probably more advanced in the class that they signed up for, but rather than being open to what's being taught, they decide they're just going to show the people around them what they do. And not only does that withhold them from learning something new, but it, it cheap, it, it detracts and takes away from, the people that they're trying to actually help because they might actually learn a new, better way from, from, from the instructor. Um, so, so I like that, like the introductory class, everybody could probably sign up for it and it's kind of no holds barred, right? Like people are going to be there. They have no idea what they're doing, but in problem solving and fixing and getting those people up to speed rather than saying, Oh, this guy's slowing down the class watching how that person shits unfucked could teach you how to fix and troubleshoot problems down the road. Right. Because an instructor should be able to get a rifle and equipment solved very, very quickly. And those problems are solved. And if, if people learn from that problem solving and the speed and efficiency that's taken to do that, I think you could, you could learn a heck of a lot. And a lot of shooting isn't just, the, it's, I mean, most of, what people want from an advanced class probably actually isn't really shooting anyway. It's probably mostly cognitive and functional. So, so I'm going to jump into like kind of what I wanted to talk about. And then, you know, I want to make sure that there's more thoughts on your end, but, but here's something that I do at an assessment or I do at coaching all the time and something that I, I hear about regularly. And sometimes people send me numbers from their class. And one thing that I really love to do, is say, all right, there's, you know, there's four targets. I don't, I don't give them any prep time or whatever. You know, I just say, Hey, Josh, come here for a sec. And, and shit, you, you've been there when I've done this, like, Hey, there's four targets. I got one at four fifty, one at seven, seven fifty, and eight twenty. All right. Uh, yep. j just go, just go take a shot at each one of them. I just want to see like what you do. And I hit a stopwatch, but you don't know it. Right. And I'm not, this isn't like PRS, like, you know, engage them you know, be done in 30 seconds. I just want to see, like, I told you, just go shoot those four targets. I want to watch what you do, how you manage your equipment, how you think about this, how you prepare for it. Some people, like, they're not, they're not taking their first shot for another six or seven or eight minutes, sometimes mm -hmm. 10 minutes, 
Mm-hmm. Like they know what I asked them to do. And, and some of the equipment might still be in their car. It might be in their pack. It might be off to the side. No problem. Right. It's not a time stage. I just want to see like, look, I asked you to go shoot those four targets. What happens between my asking and your completion? I think that, you know, if I ask you, Hey Josh, like before you do anything else, just take a shot at those four targets really quick. Sure. You don't, you're not ready to go. Totally understand that. But you also know what you need to shoot those four targets. You need your dope for the targets. You need to understand wind. You need to understand the size of the target so that you have to, so that you can actually make like the appropriate wind call to hit it. You know, if it's a one mil target, you don't have to have that great of a wind call, right? Yep. <laughs> if it's a, if it's a one MOA target, you're going to spend some more time making a wind call, right? If it, whatever. So, so I'm like, all right, cool. Like, you know, I'm kind of thinking, well, just in general, like, all right, I just asked you to do something random. It's probably going to take you a minute or two to get your gear if it's not right here. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that and I'm paying attention to that doing whatever. And to me, it, it tells me a lot of things. First of all, like, do you know what you need to accomplish that task? How important is it for you to accomplish that task? Is it a priority or, you know, if you go off and start talking to your friend, cool, your priority is, is to be there with your friend, not necessarily to do the things that I'm trying to get data on and ask you. So, you know, the discrepancy between like, all right, somebody that's pretty good, like they're going to be shooting within a minute or two. Somebody that, that might not be there just to extract specific information or not really understand what's going on, it might be four or five minutes. Somebody that like just has no fucking idea about anything. They're going to be kind of getting ready in 10 minutes. And it gives me a really good context for, do you, do you even understand what's happening? If it takes you 10 minutes to get your shit ready to take a shot at four targets, you know, there's a lot of very basic fundamental things that we need to work on. Right. (laughs) And there's a lot of organization and efficiency and, problem solving ahead of the shooting that you're going to benefit from. Because if you go to a match, um, you're going to end up either stressed because you're not used to working that fast or kind of fish at, you know, just completely out of water. Like I don't, I don't I have fucking no idea what's going on. And when you're at the range, you might shoot really good, you know, sitting on a bench shooting the same target over and over again. But, but that so much of shooting is organization. And so, what, what I'm thinking is like a shooter can be organized before they go to a class and that organization you've touched on a little bit. If you're going to a PRS match, you need to be thinking in 90 to 120 second chunks of time. If you're going to an NRL hunter, you need to be thinking in four minute chunks of time or six minute chunks of time if you're a team, but really that ends up being like three minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? The team, team stuff there ends up being a more a bigger stress as far as i've seen than the individuals if you're going to a competition dynamics match six minutes is your, your time and then do can you operate anywhere within that like you know if you're going to a prs match and it's got a 90 or 120 second stage sure some people are going to be at the three minute mark because they're slow and they would have timed out but you didn't give them a drop dead time or something like that. Great. Three minutes training for PRS. Fine. But if you're talking about, they're still taking shots at six minutes. Like 
they, you can organize yourself and say, all right, you know, I'm not ready for this an advanced class or a competition specific class because I need to learn organization and efficiency and preparedness so I can operate in the time of what's being possible. You know, if I'm going to go do an ultra race of 100 miles, I'm not too worried about what my 100 meter sprint times are. You know, yeah. I'm more worried about like how much can I do at what tempo and how much hydration and food do I need to operate for 24 hours at a specific output pace, right? If I'm going to, if we're going to go climbing, you know, I need to understand like, are the cliffs 80 feet tall or are the cliffs 200 feet tall or are the cliffs 3000 feet tall and base my expectations around the context of what I'm doing. So if I go to an advanced class, what, what does the instructor define as advanced? And can I make some benchmarks saying like some very simple tests? Like you should sign up for this class. Cause that, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, you know, just to be clearer, like, run these simple dry fire and at home exercises and, you know, and use this rubric to determine what the appropriate class is for you or something like that. And, and, um, you know, you and I may. I lost you there. Oh, sorry about that. My hand hit mute. Um, it's something that, that happens across schools, cross disciplines, cross things where people just don't, they, I think they, they just like, how do you, how do you ask yourself the right question to know whether it's the right thing for you? Um, so that when you go, you know, your level of expectation is good. And I think, I think some of that information is pretty, pretty good. Like, you know, time frame. you, you brought that up. Like the length of the stage is important or the length of the hunt or the distance that the average distance that you're going to be shooting. Yep. Not, not the, not the kind of things that you read about on the internet is like you got guys saying, you know, I have a 308. Is it capable of shooting a thousand yards? Like, of course it's capable of shooting a thousand yards. It, it might not be capable of shooting a hundred shots in a row without missing, you know, depending on the target size, mm-hmm. but you know, same your rim fire is capable of shooting a thousand yards, right? It may not necessarily hit every time, but the bullet's going to go that far. Oh yeah. So you got some people that are like, well, they asked certain questions on the internet and they got favorable answers, but the favorable answers have nothing to do with, um, am I ready and how do I prepare myself? Right. So, yeah. so in addition to like the stage time context, what, what are some other things that somebody might be able to just figure out on their own and tell themselves, Oh, this is what I'm looking for. And, and, uh, I'm ready for this, or I should go back to a more introductory course. Yeah. I would say, um, you know, not, not being shy about asking questions. You know, there's several times where I've, I've emailed instructors, um, from multiple disciplines of shooting, just asking about each class to basically find out if that class is for me. Um, you know, and if you, if you choose a a quality instructor and you email them and you say, Hey, this says, you know, intermediate to advanced, you know, what, what does that mean? Um, and just open up a dialogue with the instructor. If, if they're a quality instructor, um, and they're wanting to, you know, sell a slot in their class for training, you better believe that they're going to respond to you and give you good information. And so, 
another thing to ask the instructor is, okay, well, what, what level of competency should I be at currently to be able to come into this class and actually be able to take something away from it? And other than just asking, you know, the questions to find out where you're at, I think a more fundamental reason to, you know, go through this process is, you know, don't, don't waste your money. Don't waste your time and, and your money. If you're going there, you know, you want to be in a position to where you're really going to be able to, to gain from what you're there to learn, um, or what they have to teach. So, you know, asking, asking those questions to the instructor paired with, you know, your honest evaluation, um, is going to give you a lot of information about where you need to be. And if you go through that process of finding out, okay, what is advanced? What is this person's definition of advanced? Where am I at? Okay. Is this something that I think is a good idea for me right now? Um, and you can make an honest, uh, assessment of, you know, is this for me or not? And if it's not for you and you still go and choose to do it, well then, you know, not only are you wasting your money, but you're also going to be one of those guys that people talk about in the class that the instructor's having stopped. So you're also robbing everyone else around you of what they paid for. So you're cheating yourself, you're cheating the instructor and you're cheating everyone else. Um, so ask, ask questions, you know, don't be afraid to open up dialogue. Uh So, so one of the things that I was, I was thinking about, um, you know, when I asked that was, uh, there was a, there was a class I, I wasn't, I wasn't there for that I heard about where, you know, somebody ended up shooting like a lot. Let's say the class was 200 rounds. This person ended up shooting like 800 rounds. And then I've also heard of, um, classes where students show up, they say, Hey, you know, they told me it was a 200 round class. So I brought 200 rounds and ran out of ammo before the class was over. And so like, there's some things in terms of preparation that I think that Hey, am I back? Yep. Yep. You're back. All right. Sick. I, I came back and, um, I could see you were there, but, but there was no sound. I was like, what the fuck? My earbuds fell out of my ears, taken off my sweatshirt. Okay. So, so I was talking about the, the ammo and stuff like that. I think that, that like any class that you go to, like, I get that in some classes, they're like, Oh, now that you're here, let's take our rifles apart. I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, but I still think you should have a, you should have a hundred yard zero and you should know it's a hundred yard zero and, and how to get that before you go to a class, even if it's introductory, like you could do that in advance. You can go to most ranges and get a hundred yard zero with the ammo that you're going to shoot at the class. Like some people don't realize that, you know, you have a six, five creep more and you know, you, you've been shooting, you know, Hornady something and they didn't have any. So for the class, you're going to go get burgers and, and that uh, zero is going to be a little bit different. Same with the speed, same with the dope, same with, with everything. Some people just don't realize that. And, and so you should have a zero and you should, you know, if you have the, if you have the opportunity, get a speed for that ammo, not any ammo, the ammo that you're actually taking in the class to, to dope out. You know, some people emphasize distance more than they do up close, I tend to emphasize up close more than I do distance, but nonetheless, like, I think it's good idea to have good zero. Like we mentioned in the last podcast, like make sure that all of your screws are tight going into it. And, and if you don't understand how that works, just make sure when you get to the class or 
day before or zero check or whatever, you tell the instructor like, man, I'm not really sure what's supposed to be tight. You know, you check my torques, let's double check my zero. If we can get a speed for my chronograph, if you have a ballistics calculator, try to enter the data as best as you can understand kind of how that works. And if you have the opportunity to dope it out to distance, dope it out to distance, understanding that the environment's going to change if you travel to the match. But those are some of the things that you can do in advance. And that stuff definitely takes time. And the more people that are there, the more they have to check all that stuff. You'll see right away that, that some people know how to do it and are efficient at it. And some people don't know how to do it and are inefficient, not inefficiency can sometimes take hours and hours where you can save everybody and yourself some hassle, but just kind of learning how to do that on your own, you know, shit, you could even YouTube most of that stuff and just figure out, okay, I have a reasonable idea of how to do this stuff because that's all prerequisite to actually starting to shoot and, and learn how to do that. And then the flip side to that is like, you know, if, if a class, let's say is advertised for a hundred rounds, I would, I would double the rounds that the class is advertising because they're going to give you a chance to zero. Right. And they've budgeted in zero rounds to that count. And then they're going to budget in doping out the distance probably, but everybody likes to shoot more than one round at, at distance or two rounds at distance. And so you, sometimes you'll see somebody um, like the, 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 guy that i heard of he shot 400 rounds before the class started you know just getting dope and shooting distance and having fun well the class wow. was 200 rounds but but he shot 400 rounds before the class even started and and um you know had you only showed up with 200 rounds or you needed to continue to do and then you had to somehow like go buy another case of ammo somewhere else now you're gonna have to re-zero it re-chronograph it re-dope it and you're going to have to budget in those rounds layered on top of what's happening. You see what I'm saying? Like you could very, very quickly spend a lot of extra ammunition if you brought different ammunition, because you're going to have to get all that data and go through all those steps again for each type of ammunition. And, and I think those are steps that you could take on your own in advance of coming to class. If I'm going to a 200 round class, I'm going to bring 400 rounds. I'm going to get my zero with that same ammo. I'm going to try to get my speed with that ammo. And if I don't have it, I'm going to, that's the first thing I'm going to tell the instructor. I need to chronograph this. And, you know, or, you know, if you're going to Frank's class and he does weaponized math, just say, Frank, I don't have any data on this. We need to run through the weaponized math sheet so I can get data. And that saves rounds. It saves time. And, and it saves, I mean, literally at Frank class, if everybody shows it, he just says like, look, I don't care what data you brought. Let's all do the weaponized mass sheet. 30 minutes, everybody's doped. Everybody has data for the class. Nobody needs to shoot any extra rounds. They've shot like maybe 20 rounds and we have dope for distance. We have data. We have, you know, like everybody's done in 30 minutes. Whereas if everybody's chronographing, everybody's shooting like crazy, it's just a free for all four hours can go by. And some people came with their shit ready to go. And some people four hours later, nothing adds up. Nothing makes sense. They're changing their BC. They're changing their speed. They're changing this, they're changing that. And, and it's like, man, it takes 30 minutes a person to do that. So there are ways to, to optimize that. I think in advance, and that can really help you go there and actually learn um, how to do that, right? So I think we're, we're starting to kind of circle around kind of big general topics. And what I want to do is 
you know, take this and have very specific things that people can do. And cause, cause that's what I put on the subcast. And so the people that, you know, are listening straight dope, they're like, all right, cool. I have some idea about, you know, general things we can do to take care of a class and then specific things we give to the subcasters and the subcasters, um, are going to kind of start getting what we got, you know, basically starting, starting now. This is where I jump in to say that if you, go to rivalcraft.com and get a subscription. You get added metrics to your profile on the website, which can help you get better, more accurate information about your shooting that you could use to propel your training and understanding of your shooting forward. You get emails, subcoms, emails with training targets, ideas, and uh, product discounts as they come about. And you get access to another podcast just like this called The Subcast, where I continue to ask experts and talk about details just like the Riflecraft Straight Dope podcast, but there's more of it. So you get double the content. I try to be much more specific. So um, you're just going to have to subscribe if you want more. And don't, if you don't, I know there's a lot of podcasts out there and they all cover the same topics. I've got my own style. If you like my style and you want more of it, that's a really good way to do it. You don't have to, but it sure helps promote and ensure that this podcast continues to operate the way it does. So it's kind of a win-win for everybody. More content, more interviews, more specifics more ideas for your training and you're supporting it all as a subscriber with the benefits that come from it. So go check it out at riflecraft.com, get a subscription and join the growing tribe of people who are trying to empower themselves by learning and experimenting and driving their skill and knowledge to the next level. Thank you.